Hello again everybody, this is uh, Jason Powers uh, from West Lafayette, Indiana. Today we'll read from the class action lawsuit brought by the 45th President of the United States that intertwines with the same sort of push for accountability pursued by Project Veritas's James O'Keefe. Uh, we will play several clips from uh, Mr. O'Keefe and the Lotus Eaters and various other, um, we'll actually read from the lawsuit itself. Twitter lawsuits. Twitter tried to have the case removed to a friendly jurisdiction and a federal judge just ruled against them and has ordered the case to remain in Veritas's backyard. I saw a video from Project Veritas that was taken down because they confronted a Facebook executive on his front lawn. I, I, I don't have another setting of, of a case, but I would imagine if we were to take a video like that down, it would be due to uh, doxing. So we just won our first victory against social media giant Twitter. The Manhattan Federal Court ruled to remand, or basically means to allow the case to be brought back down from federal to state level. We can only think of one reason why they do this. Their strategy to remove the case from New York State to federal court was obviously so that they could transfer the case from New York to California, where they are located, their own backyard where cases like this routinely get dismissed because of that Section 230 of the Communication Decency Act that prevents these companies from being held liable. You may recall on April 19th, I sued Twitter for suspending my own personal Twitter account, which at the time I had over 900,000 followers, over the false claim that I was operating fake accounts. Well, guess what? Victory has never felt so sweet. They thought we'd be okay with the court removing the case from state to federal court because according to Twitter, this case could be worth millions of dollars of damages. Listen to this Twitter lawyer fumbling and bumbling, scrambling in front of federal judge Barbara Moses. Mr. O'Keefe, throughout the complaint and in public statements, has said that the point of this lawsuit is to hold Twitter accountable to have a public accounting. Twitter is a company that has $3.7 in revenue. We would submit, Your Honor, that if your allegation is that you want to punish and deter a company like Twitter for what the complaint alleges is an internal left-wing conspiracy to silence Jim O'Keefe, Your Honor, we do not have confidence that the amount of the punitive damages will not be, in fact, over the 75000 under federal law, Twitter would need me to ask for more than $75,000 to keep this case in federal court. But if this were about the money, we would have been in federal court already. Now, it's only safe to assume they've never really been up against someone who doesn't care about the money, who isn't in it for the money. For me, and Project Veritas, this case is about one thing. It's about justice. They never saw this coming. So in court, they were thrown for a loop. My own lawyer told the 
court, this wasn't about the money, that we didn't want more than $75,000 in damages, and thus that the case had to be sent back to state court in New York State where they can't rely on the dismissal-prone judges in their backyard. Just look at the transcript. Twitter's attorney, Ahmed, argues for 13 pages that Twitter will suffer damages of more than $75,000. And while we would love to make Twitter to pay, we want them to pay in a way that will last longer than writing a check. Their argument was even confusing to the judge, Barbara C. Moses, who said, It seems to me that any attempt by Twitter to keep this case here in federal court on the present record would be likely unsuccessful. Sure enough, it was unsuccessful. The judge ordered the case to be remanded back to New York State Court within days. So what exactly is Twitter so afraid of? Us winning? Uh, uh, deposing uh, Jack Dorsey? I saw a video from Project Veritas that was taken down because they confronted a Facebook executive on his front lawn. I can show you a video of CNN doing the exact same thing. I, I, I don't have an understanding of the of the case, but I would imagine if we were to take a video like that down, it would be due to a doxing concern. Speaking of depositions, they have reason to be afraid. Just wait until you see what happens next. In the New York Times case, over 900 minutes of videotaped depositions. And that's just what we have so far. These people have never been held accountable in their lives by any authority until now. <laughs> So there you go. Um, this is about accountability, and at 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 the uh, at the crux of it is uh, that Section Two Thirty, which we've heard so much about in the last uh, few years. Uh, basically, it gives them the gives them the cover to be there. They they toggle between being a publisher and a platform, which a platform would allow that that means that they would allow anybody to put things up on their site. And a publisher, which means that they're actually acting as a publisher and able to, you know, remove things that they find disagreeable. Which, of course, then that becomes a problem with free speech because of the fact that uh, they, they, they market themselves as a platform to where you can uh, have conversations and have dialogue and debate and, and what have you. I'm not saying that there are, and for those out there who would think I'm just unlimited free speech, uh, no, we all know that there's threats and there's also, um, um, when you call it um, sexual uh, in instances, for example, uh, child pornography is one of the bigger ones that are that would be obviously an exception to that rule. That being said, that's that's really... Uh, the limitations of free speech, you know, the threats, threats, uh, a threat that can be discernible. And here's the thing that I have always said is negotiable and what the, this should be. These people are, plat they should be platforms. And the platforms, though, should be, uh, you know, should be, uh, what do you call it, self, uh, uh, self run by the operators. The operators can decide who they can send, uh, who, who they can, uh, uh, quote, silence. In other words, you decide that you don't want to listen to somebody anymore, you block them. That's exactly what everybody does. And if you also want to, uh, for example, if uh, there should be a report mechanism, so that's it. But the report shouldn't go to uh, the the platform provider, and, and actually, the plat the report should go uh, to the authorities if they determine that there's an investigation uh, for certain things that are published up on, on this platform. And by that, I mean they they you know obviously a. a uh, violent threat, or uh, as as noted, the uh, the pornography that is uh, possible, uh, possibly uh, uploaded or put onto their platform. Those are really the only two th two things that I I would say are the instances that need to be severely uh, looked at. Now I know other people will broaden it out, and that's the thing. I think there should be, but like I said, you would use that as a publishing mechanism and. Finally, I think most, most most tellingly, this should this this a power should be uh, delegated back to the states. In other words, I don't think there should be any federal um, interference. Now, the federal can be in, involved if it was across state lines or something along that nature. 
uh, for for certain instances and circumstances when it comes to like violence and whatnot. Yes, then the federal government would have some have some sway, but at a local level or the state uh, the state court should should be uh, the ones who are involved in what their citizens do, and if their citizens are are doing something that is considered illegal or considered uh, of a warranted investigation, then it should be handled by the states and not the federal government. This gets the, gets this gets them out of that business and puts the states into that business, obviously. Which, of course, the states certain states are going to overreach on that, and certain states are going to underreach on that. Um, that's the way the world works, unfortunately, at least the way it should work in the U.S. Constitution. This is just my opinion, so don't don't uh, you know? I, I'm sure there'll be other arguments. So now we're going to go. The focus of this podcast is actually uh, around surrounding Trump, but I wanted to lead off with the Project Veritas because I think that set the foundation. That post was made on July 6th, and the very next day, uh, July 7th, is when uh, Trump uh, launched his uh, lawsuit. So we'll hear from Sargon of Akkad, um, or better known as um, uh, Carl Benjamin. Uh, he does a podcast called The Lotus Eaters, so I'm just calling that out. Um, and he's been on. He was one of the, one of the people on YouTube who faced censorship and, and whatnot. So here, here I'll let him speak for himself. If I and this is the the Guardian reporting on it, and you can see that they put the word censorship. This is, is actually not him. Like little quotations to be like, right? He's suing them for censorship. No, yeah, that's good. Sorry, I, I, let me let me quickly uh, re- restate my China censored. The LGBT accounts on Weibo. They did. It was censorship in Hungary. Yep. Yeah. Just whatever happens to someone, they don't like it. It's not real censorship. Yeah. Real censorship has been tried. So the former president announced class action lawsuit against Facebook, Twitter, and Google, claiming anti-conservative bias. Trump's were, Trump. This is this writer's words as well, not mine. Trump was once an irresponsible, agenda-setting force on social media, but in the wake of January 6th's insurrection, was banned from Twitter and suspended from Facebook until at least 2023 because of the risk of inciting further violence. Right, so Trump was based on social media, got it. What a, what a ruling, though. Banned until 2023. Yeah, this is a free world. This is, this is how things should work. This isn't absurd. So Trump, uh, sorry, he, Trump says, uh, we're asking the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida to order an immediate halt to social media companies' illegal, shameful censorship of the American people. Trump said in a faux presidential setting of a blue lectern, white columns, and a dozen of U.S. flags at his golf club in Bedminster. I love the way they're trying to denigrate him by saying that. He's like, oh, he's trying to pretend like he's the president. In America, it's just customary to call any ex-president Mr. President. Yeah. It's like... If Obama did this, no one would be like, oh, what a fake thing. Exactly. What's the president, mate? Like, yeah. what are you? You're some journalist for the... Not even journalist, just some smear merchant for the, the Guardian, I should say. Yes. So, Trump continues, in which he says, Ace. We're demanding uh, an end to the shadow banning, a stop to the silencing, a stop to the blacklisting, banishing and cancelling that you know so well. Our case will prove this censorship is unlawful, it's unconstitutional, and it's completely un-American. We all know that... We all know that very, very well, he's had. Well, he's correct. Yeah, I mean, I love how they have to lay out his speech, and it's just like, well, when you read the quotes, you're just right. Like, it is un-American. Yeah. Um, the arguments about it being unlegal or constitutional, well, that's a legal debate. Um, but I, I, we all know it's wrong. We all know this current situation in which the sitting president can be just taken out of the political sphere until 2023. And that's only on one platform as well. On all the other platforms, it's like, no. Permanently, forever. Till the year 10 million. Yeah. Like, he's... Well, just gone. gone. Until he's dead, presumably. So the interesting thing about this is the Wall Street Journal actually gave him an op-ed in which he was able to explain his case, which... Yeah, that's good. The Wall Street Journal. Like, the the nonsense who went after PewDiePie. They tried to get him shut down. Hmm. Lots of horrible people. Well, they, they, they also published a, a, an opinion piece, an editorial from the editorial board today, uh, or yesterday, saying uh, that wokeness is a massive problem and... It's infecting the school system, but we'll talk about that on Monday. It's also crashing on newspaper. <laughs> yeah, it's crashing on newspaper, it's tearing apart our societies. Anyway. Yeah, so here's the article, Donald J. Trump, why I'm saying big tech, and he says in here, and it's it's pretty well written in its, in its way. So, one of the greatest threats to our democracy today is a powerful group of big tech corporations that have teamed up with government to censor the free speech of the American people. This is not only wrong, it's unconstitutional. To restore free speech for myself, 
and for every American, I am suing big tech to stop it. Social media has become a central, uh, has become central to free speech as town hall meetings, newspapers, and television networks were in prior generations. The internet is the new public square. In recent years, however, big tech platforms have become increasingly brazen and shameless in censoring and dis- discriminating against ideas, information, and people on social media, banning users, deplatforming organizations, and aggressively blocking the free flow of information on which our democracy depends. And you can see how he's laying this out. He's like, look, I am, he's not necessarily arguing point by point law, but just laying out, like, you know, this is morally wrong, you know, it undermines our entire system, and our system of uh, liberal democracy cannot survive in a regime in which the free flow of information is blocked by a handful of people who are all of one political persuasion. Yeah, that is no different than the king and his men mm-hmm. being able to censor anything that is anti-king. Yes, I mean he's right. So he continues: big tech companies <clears throat> banned users from their platforms for publishing evidence that showed the coronavirus emerged from a Chinese lab, even uh, which even the corporate media now admits may be true. In the middle of the peg pandemic, big tech censored physicians from discussing potential treatments such as hydroxychloroquine. I suppose I'm point, uh, you know, YouTube's going to point a gun at my head here to tell you that, that there's no evidence; it's totally false and doesn't work. Which studies- yes, that's actually that is just so you know that is actually a part of YouTube's editorial policies is that we have to denounce hydroxychloroquine. Not being chemists, we don't know anything about it. This is just his statement. So I'm just saying Trump said that. Yeah. In the <clears throat> weeks before a presidential election, the platform. So well. You see, they're exactly they're on you. They have a they have their uh, broadcast on YouTube, which is a, obviously a subsidiary of uh, Google. Um, and these people have uh, taken over, and they've been doing this for many years. Um, there's a video up from 2016 where Google had a complete meltdown after the election. They were all crying, and they had to have like a safe space session, and they were all sitting around going, you know. You know that we didn't win, and they were so scared that you know their 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 evil plans didn't work because they wanted to take over the country. Then they weren't they. When I say they wanted to take over the country, they have decided amongst themselves that they are the purveyors of truth, and they're the only people that have access to the truth, and therefore they have to control all other mechanisms and other people who have any anything to add to the conversation, but especially those that have anything to add to the conversation that is different or counter counter to their narratives that they have d- developed in their own head in many cases. They've done this to medical professionals. Uh, Dr. Robert Malone got censored off of LinkedIn, which is owned by Microsoft, which uh, Microsoft was form- formed by Bill Gates, and Bill Gates is a hard leftist. He is aligned with the Democratic Party. He always has been. He's given Hillary Clinton's uh, Hillary and Bill Clinton's the foundation, the Clinton Health Initiative, over five hundred million dollars. So this isn't just like you know, oh, I support them. No, this is financial support. And five hundred million dollars. I mean, I would take one million dollars. I could have a real nice life with one million dollars. So you can imagine what five hundred million dollars has done over a course of time. Uh, for and and guess what, I. Have you heard anything about anything that the Clinton Healthcare Initiative has done? Um, and I can tell you that uh, you know, being somebody who was in, uh, who was uh, looking to create a, a healthcare uh, option, not too many years ago. Actually, it was just a couple years ago, and I actually formulated it into a book um, about that. And I put that business plan in the book, and I explained what I think that what's wrong with the healthcare system. Uh, that we haven't had created an, uh, another pri- privatized model instead of a, all this uh, public uh, push and now the socialized medicine, which is in fact what they're doing to us at this moment. They're trying to create this entire socialistic agenda, um, and, and and moreover, it's going to be it's more it's more of the uh, the communist agenda. They want to take away your guns, they want to strip you of your freedoms, and they want to make sure that there there's only the the only thing that ever happens is that the, the the ruling class, the most powerful people, the most big tech uh, oligarchs, along with their uh, other oligarchs in the banking sector and the media sector, you'll notice that there's this, this there's been this upward push for power. So if you include Amazon, Facebook, Google, 
And then you look at the big banks like J.P. Morgan Chase. Wells Fargo yesterday just put out that they're no longer they're going to cancel people's lines of credit uh, tied to their assets. A line of credit, like for example, say you have a house that's worth a hundred thousand dollars. That's pretty cheap, but let's just use that for a number. So you have a line of credit on that house based upon your ability to continue to pay in the pay off the mortgage. Uh, to use that to to actually pay uh, pay other uh, bills or or to do renovations or improvements. So, say for example, you had half the debt of the house paid off. So, uh, ostensibly, you had a fifty thousand dollars line of credit because the house is worth a hundred thousand dollars. At least it was appraised at that, and you paid half of what what is owed on the house. So, the remaining half is actually your credit. To your credit, you have the house half owned. So, for example, if you took out a ten thousand uh, dollar a bit of line of credit to do a renovation to improve the uh, assessed value, that would be a good use of line of credit. Well, what happens if they're shrinking your line, uh, take away your line of credit? See, right now the banks are doing that. The banks are doing this around the world. Um, they're they're now doing everything in regards to the centralization of power that they've been given, and this is a dangerous situation because because. Uh, the only people that are going to benefit from this are the top one tenth of one percent. It's even higher up than than what they. We always say the one percent. Well, no, it's it's what I call I have currently coined as the psychopathic sixes, which is tied to motivation, malevolence, and mental ability. Was a longer discussion, but anyways. So when you come back to this, you're, you you have these people that are grasping and pu- uh, pulling the rest of us towards their agenda. And irrespective of what we say, even if we're absolutely in, in the right, or basing it upon science and studies, and, and we, have an affirmative, we have an affirmative belief in our system and how we think, and we are supposed to have these debates. One of the massive things about this whole situation is the left does not debate. They don't want to debate their ideas because they know many of their ideas are wrong and they're authoritarian. They're the ones that are the authoritarians. Authoritarians don't want to have debate. Authoritarians want to control everything and everybody and they think they know what's best for everybody and and anyone. Despite what everybody thinks about Trump, Trump was not an authoritarian. If he was such an authoritarian... I mean, the worst authoritarian thing he did was he didn't want to take us into another or take us headlong into another war, which we didn't get into. As a matter of fact, he tried to pull us out of Afghanistan earlier than the current regime, which is the Biden regime, basically because his name is on the on the mantle place of being the 46th president. But he isn't running anything. He's too retarded to even understand that anymore. His dementia is easily kicked into to the, the worst part of uh, the situation. He's going downhill fast. I say within the next two or three months, you're not going to hear a whole lot out of Biden because they're going to replace him. The Democrats are trying to get, the Democrats are trying to get him through this year because they don't they didn't want to replace they don't want because they know when they put Kamala in place that whatever it is they're going to do under Kamala, it has to be they already have to have authoritarian control over everything. That's the reason why they're rolling out the. They, you know, he was talking about knocking on doors. They wanted, they want to do as much. They want to have as many of those policies already going in place under Biden, so that uh, the blame can be placed upon him, even as he's going downhill. Then they can say, "Well, he was going downhill, and uh, we questioned his thoughts and ideas." But they're they're just going to use him as a fall guy. And of course, there's probably there's that's the pol- politics of this. So next up, we'll uh, we'll actually uh, go to Donald Trump and let him speak for himself. I'm, I'm, I might have a little bit of t- hard time loading this up, but we'll we'll go from there. So with Twitter and Facebook, and particularly, don't mind me. Control. We must. Well, our case. We'll prove this censorship is unlawful, it's unconstitutional, and it's completely un-American. We all know that. We all know that very, very well. Our filing also seeks injunctive relief to allow prompt restitution and really restoration and 
You can name about 20 other things and it has to be prompt because it's destroying our country. Of my accounts, in addition, we are asking the court to impose punitive damages on these social media giants. We're going to hold big tech very accountable. This is the first of numerous other lawsuits I assume that would follow, but this is the lead and I think it's going to be a very, very important game changer for our country. It will be a pivotal battle in the defense of the First Amendment. And in the end, I am confident that we will achieve a historic victory for American freedom and at the same time, freedom of speech. So I want to thank all of the exceptional legal team behind this effort. Uh, in particular, John Cole. We have a lot of the tobacco lawyers, you know. I said, who are the best lawyers? Well, the tobacco lawyers seem to do a very good job, so I figured, let's see if they want to do it, and they really wanted to do it. We have great, great talent. I also want to thank Brooke Rollins, just an outstanding person and friend. She's uh, carrying it out to a level that nobody saw, and she's done it very quickly, together with Linda McMahon, a tremendously successful woman who did a incredible job in the administration, one of the best, and everyone at the America First Policy Institute for their support of this vital initiative. From the very beginning of our nation, freedom of speech has always been understood as a bedrock of our liberty, liberty and our strength. In America, we recognize that the freedom to speak our minds and express the truth that is our heart, really, that's really a big chunk of our heart, it is our heart, it is not granted to us by government, it's given to us by God, and no one should have the power to take that right away. And that's very true. Um, we are granted these, and I know many dis discount those inalienable rights that we've earned not in come from our maker not from our uh, not from government not from uh, any entity that's formed by man uh, these are in, you know these are inherent uh, uh, these are inherent in all people this is what we're supposed to strive for uh, you know and and the thing is is what happens in and what has happened is there's always been these forces that like to contort things into their their ideology because of the fact that they are not they feel that they're they're getting shortchanged they're envious they do like they feel like they're the ones that are though that should rule and dictate to others what needs to be done they don't they're not cooperative they, if they can't get what they want, then they have to either steal it or they have to uh, destroy or subvert another group's ability to function. So that's what's been going on here in America for the last, well, at the very least 60 years. Uh, they've used ideology of the, the feminist stripe. They've used ideology of the Marxist stripe. Um, they've used the, the school systems, which is a whole other discussion uh more and more it's becoming prevalent that they're teaching uh they're going to teach crt uh, which is examining uh issues through a racial lens um, and it's usually done at the college level in criminal law and other other legal professions so why are they trying to do it down at the first second third fifth grade level to kids kids are highly impressionable and they're also their minds are not f fully formed, and that's exactly why they're doing it because they know if they can get that in seeded into these, embedded into these kids' minds, then then they're going to hate themselves if they're white, they're going uh, they're going to despise others if they're black, they're going to turn every every kid is going to grow up with a um, a, a, mount, a mountain of psychological issues, and this is being done by people who work in the. Uh, American uh, Psych uh, Psychological Associations, the APA, and others, the American Medical Association. I am going to blame them, and the American Teachers Association, and or the NEA, 
uh, the National Educators of America, these people have totally lost it with their with their with their pushing of agendas. Uh, they are they are actually guilty. They are guilty of destroying this country through their actions and deeds. They think they're in the right, and I'm here to tell you tell them they are 100% wrong. If you're a member of these boards, if you're a member of these councils, if you're pushing this objective, you are you are complicit in a huge and enormous crime, especially against children. God help your soul, because you're you're attacking children. You're basically committing child abuse against kids who who can be easily conditioned to think this way, easily conditioned. Now, I'm going to share a, a, a slightly personal story here, and I only uh, bring it up again because when I was in fifth grade, when my mom and uh, at that time my father, uh, uh, you know were getting in the midst of a divorce and it became a it was based upon a very violent situation that he he finally snapped on her and and, and physically assaulted her and abused her and she after 10 years had had her fill of that because that wasn't the first time it wasn't the second time this had happened it occurred periodically over the course of the, their entire marriage she was a catholic she was raised catholic she believed in making the sanctity of marriage exist my dad was not that he was a fundamentalist he was a you know uh when and if he decided to hang on to the bible it was always pushing these hardcore fundamentalist issues he hated catholics he even made that so he always made that apparently so and this isn't this was back in the nineteen early 1980s. This was long before the, the current uh, configuration of the Catholic Church. So that, that, that's, a, that's a whole other different uh, discussion. But with them, um, when, when my, once my mom left him and then the, the divorce began, the psychological abuse heightened and increased. My father was a master manipulator. He did it to four women. He did it to four women that he wound up marrying. The last one was a sexual victim, victims unit police officer. That's where she had worked before her retirement and before they got together. The point being is, is when you when you deal with these sorts of people, like my father, I was in fifth grade. He would butter me up, pump me for information, talk about God a lot, never really did anything useful uh, for my well-being, so every every other weekend it turned into a, a struggle session, literally a struggle session in our living room. I can remember time after time being pumped for information, asked questions, or told to ask questions. It was never about me. And then he'd say, oh, you're so smart, son, blah, 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 blah. And I had to learn how to give him the answers that he wanted to hear, despite the fact that uh, <laughs> me and my mom never had those conversations. I had to learn how to become a good liar. Uh, because at one point, in one instance, I decided not to lie. I got frustrated and angry, and I, you know, I, or, and angry as in I did not tell him what he wanted to hear. I told him, you know, I go, you know, she doesn't care about you, and he got very upset with me. And we were happened to be in the car at the time, and he threatened to, you know, take our lives. That's the kind of mendac- that, 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 that's the kind of maliciousness that was involved with him. And, the, and so, in other words, he had to have overarching control. He was highly narcissistic. He loved, uh, or in, in my case, and from my estimation, he was severely antisocial personality. So when I deal with so when I look at the way the left has pushed this agenda, they're all they have all the malevolence of a cluster B personality. They, everything they projected onto Trump, all the smears, all the lies, all the deceitful half truths, everything they did to to set him up. Is Trump perfect? Of course not. That that has never been that has never been even in the realm of possibility. But the the, the same things that the media and all these conglomeration of huge corporations did to him, if they had done this to Barack Obama, would we be so tolerant as a nation? 
No, it's okay to pick on it. It was okay to pick on the white guy. It was okay to pick on the billionaire. It was okay to throw him under the bus. It was okay. It, it, it's, it's amazing what people will justify to themselves based upon someone's, what they think position is or what their past is or experiences. They don't understand that Barack Obama didn't have a very good past. I mean, he was into drugs. He didn't show a whole lot of faith and devotion to the U.S. Constitution. What is his track? What was his track record before he was into the U.S. Senate? What did he ever really accomplish before he became president? He became, he got a Nobel Prize for just being president, and yet we allow that. The left enjoys that. You give unearned accolades to people who have done nothing. Do I think President uh, Trump deserves to be on Mount Rushmore or anything? At this point, no. He didn't do enough for that. That being said. He's better than broader than Bush, better than Obama, better than Biden, better than Bush uh, Senior, and I think he's every bit as good as uh, Ronald Reagan was. Uh, like I said, I compare him over and over again to JFK, and and the people who defend JFK on the left should should uh, should uh, reevaluate themselves a little bit and understand why they believe the things they believe about him about Trump. And, and all this, oh, well, his organization was too involved with the White House and stuff. Look at what Biden's put into the White House. He's put a lot of, a lot of leftist cronies. He's got his son doing artwork and, and uh, uh, <laughs> to get money. Uh, what, why, why are they trying to formulate uh, uh, Hunter Biden into this world-famous artist that gets a half million dollars a painting just because his name Hunter Biden? It's a money laundering scheme, for cripes sakes. I mean, this is the same guy who was uh, uh, doing drugs, and I've seen the pictures. I've seen the bits and pieces of video. I have seen the emails. I've got parts of his hard drive. He's not a good person, and yet people will uh, people give him a free pass on the left. It's like, do you have any moral compunction left inside of you? Do you understand that you've been psychologically deluded to believe this stuff? You have a right to your you have a right to your thoughts and you can say them all you want, but you really need to really seriously reconsider getting some mental help and not from the professionals in your industry who are going to who are going to tell you to blame on blame some external locus of control. That's what Trump was. He was an external locus. They the left has shifted all the blame onto him so they don't have to deal with their own our own problems and in their internal struggles with themselves. And they've let their ideology run run amuck inside their head, and um, you know, we see it every day growing in CRT. We saw a video the other day with uh, these these clowns out in San Francisco singing about how they're gonna be coming for your ch- uh, children. I mean, there are there are very there are uh, uh, people that are uh, homosexual or LGBT that are even with that ideology keep to themselves and want to just go through life and have a whole home life and don't want to be bothered they deal with their they deal with their issues the way they want to deal with their issues we all have to deal with our issues the way we we can we're supposed to learn a little bit of self uh, uh self-reliance and self uh, uh self-esteem that is relatively calm and decent but these people don't have that the people that were doing that video were purposely uh purposely antagonizing antagonizing a whole host of people to see what 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 would come of it uh, when you're trying uh, you talk about they talk about trump and, and the guardian piece about incitement they're trying to incite all of us there's like saying look at how i look at how depraved i can be out in public and what are you going to do about it that's what the whole 2020 turned into and you know what's underneath all of this you have the chinese communist party who's entertaining these ideas for these people and either has them compromised or paid them off to do to go out and do stuff like this and that includes everybody in washington dc the fbi the all the the security uh, national security apparatus that's going going cuckoo for cocoa puffs and trying to turn all the turn half the population domestic terrorists because they don't believe the way they want them to believe that that is the vindictiveness that is inside these people's heads they they are incapable incapable of being in leadership of anything because they have no ability to weigh 
the facts out in an accordant manner. They are pushing an agenda that they've either been indoctrinated into or they are purposely just, they're just so malevolent they see it as a seizure of power. They just want their money or they're so compromised that, that they can't they can't get out of the situation and they don't have enough uh, moral compass to, to basically say, well, I'm going to have to take the hit. I know it's hard to take the hit. It really is. Believe me, we all have to do it at some point or another. You know what they say, that you got to swallow the frog in the morning? Well, some of these people are going to have to swallow the frog for the remainder of their life. Uh, but they don't want to do that. So they're acting, that's, that's why you get into the projection and the blame shifting and, and using uh, using Trump as the the the, uh, the destructive force when you have nothing else to add. So I've talked for quite a while now. Now I'm going to read from actually from this lawsuit that was filed. Um, this is the, the Facebook one. Uh, just a second here. So, so this was filed in, as we said, the U.S. District Court for the Southern District of Florida, Miami Division. And it was Donald Trump, Elizabeth Albert, Cayenne, and Bobby Michael, Jennifer Horton, individually on, a, on behalf of, of the class. So more people can sign on who feel that they've been uh, harmed by this. So class action complaint for First Amendment violation in jury trial is requested. And this one is um, uh, filed against Facebook and Mark Zuckerberg as the defendants. So the plaintiff, Donald J. Trump, the 45th president of the United States, individually and on behalf of similarly, similarly situated punitive class members, by and through the undersigned counsel, brings this action against defendant Facebook Incorporated, Facebook, and its chief executive officer, defendant Mark Zuckerberg, individually. The allegations herein of plaintiff and punitive class members are based upon personal knowledge and belief as, the, as to their own acts and upon investigation of, the, of their counsel and upon information and belief as to all other matters. As stated in the community standards, defendant Facebook promotes itself as a service for the people to talk openly about issues that matter to them, even if some may disagree or find them objectable. Un, uh, a qu close quote. Defendant Facebook's power and influence are immense. It currently boasts over 3 billion registered users worldwide, 124 million users in the United States. Defendant Facebook has 86 billion in total revenue for a net profit at margin of 33.9% in fiscal year 2020. Defendant Facebook has increasingly engaged in impermissible censorship resulting from threatening legislative act uh, from threatened legislative action. A misguided, a misguided reliance upon Section 230 of the Communications Act, 47 U.S.C. 230, and willful participation in joint activity with federal actors. Defendant Facebook's status thus rises beyond that of a private company to, the state, uh, to that of a state actor. As such, defendant is constrained by the First Amendment right to free speech and the censorship decisions it makes regarding its users. So therein lies the, the question. Willful participation in joint activity with federal actors. And then thus it rises from a private company to that of a state actor. Which is what we're discussing here in some respects. So Facebook, for example, if it's working in coordination with uh, federal uh, uh, government agencies and federal legislators uh, of a particular stripe, a political faction... Um, if we can determine that there is a political politicization and therefore that, that they're basically uh, they are doing this, they're violating the First Amendment of uh, freedom, the First Amendment rights of their users because they're coordinating with the government and the government cannot do that. That's part of the Bill of Rights. It's part of the U.S. Constitution. Um, we need to uh, address that. I'm not a constitutional lawyer, nor will I play one on TV. But I think there's there's plenty of evidence of that. And Alan Dershowitz, I don't have the video, but he was talking about the other day. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not endorsing Alan Dershowitz, but he is a lawyer of some 65 years or, or what have you, and he he is considered the ex, one of the experts on constitutional law. 
and he talked about the that both sides can consider themselves right um and we'll see how this plays out in court and by right you know they're going uh, they're each side's going to present their own arguments violation of free speech and then of course the the, the these these companies are going to go run to the first amendment too so is individual speech greater than a corporate speech in my estimation and when i say corporate speech that is being being helped and assisted and or um, guided by federal entities federal or any agency that's tied to the government which comes under the uh, comes under the policy purview of i would say the democratic party for the most part if those are being if those are guiding their decisions and or threatened by them threatened and coerced or uh, let's just say benefited so there's a mutuality there thus fascism corporate fascism uh, the individual rights are greater than that thus they have to they have to not only they should be found accountable for their actions they should uh, restore these people's rights and then section 230 should be struck down as uh, unconstitutional <clears throat> and then there should be some uh, um, some uh, amelioration or fix to this uh, along the lines of something I, I suggested that the, the state should handle the, the individual states in the United States should handle this and that the federal government should be able of course and that's going to create its own issues but there are there are no perfect solutions now with the embedding uh, of this in regards to this so we can go through the legislation uh, but I don't think that's going to be uh, important let's see here I'm going to get down to something I think will uh, stand uh, stands out so defendant then served warnings to members of President uh, Trump's family team Trump and other face uh, Facebook users and punitive class members that it bans extends to anyone attempting to post Donald J Trump's voice so they they issued service warnings and threats to people who say you can't use his voice as of Donald Trump's voice no matter he could be talking about puppies to say that he can't use his voice is is a problem is is clearly uh intense state intense censorship because it's saying that we we don't we want to silence somebody you're silencing somebody you're saying their voice you can go look up on any and many a channel and find Adolf Hitler's voice available I'm not saying nothing is good nothing of any worth or values coming out of his mouth but I'm using that as an example because so much of the left's uh, argument has been tied to uh, labeling Trump as Hitler or Stalin or or uh, Mao and matter of fact you had you have Dr. B I think her name is Bandy Lee who's a nut job that's my professional opinion of her. Uh, that's my clinical diagnosis of her. So there is no clinical diagnosis. Is that she was coming out and said that uh, her and her uh, one of her friends on uh, got on CNN. And they were saying Donald Trump will be more, more responsible for more deaths than these three put together. Donald Trump is not <laughs> It's it's an absurdity for anybody to to make that uh, to a to make that accusation since. We didn't go into any new wars. There'll be uh, people out there that'll go, oh, he killed all these people with the, the, the virus because of the lack of lockdowns or too many lockdowns. And they'll use whatever position or attack that they want to over a virus that he didn't create. That was created in a Wuhan lab that we're almost a certain, assured that that happened. And then, oh, by the way, we happen, to, we happen to have people in the CDC, or not the CDC, but the NIH or NIAD with uh, Dr. Fauci and uh, a guy named Peter Daszak who were part and parcel to that creation amongst uh, the, the people that uh, Ralph Barrick and stuff. The same people get put out there, but we haven't investigated them thoroughly. We haven't brought them into court, all four of them, including the Chinese bat lady, uh, to ascertain their ascertain the veracity of their statements to say otherwise why a we don't have any uh we don't have a legal jurisdiction over a chinese citizen unless she's in the united states the chinese wouldn't give her up anyways peter daszak 
does have a British citizenship, and he seems to just get go fly under the radar. Uh, but he's uh, he's he he would be very it would be very entertaining to sit him down and actually pick his brain in, in a uh, deposition because it would be inter- it would be interesting to see what he would say about things. These things have to be done in order to attempt to uh, ascertain in that regard. And the only reason why I bring that up is so. So back to the document. Censorship runs rampant across, uh, against the punitive class members, and the result is a chilling effect cast over our nation's pressing political, medical, social, and cultural dis- uh, discussions, which is very true. Plaintiff, a sitting pre- president of the United States, was banned by the defendants, as were punitive class members, using a non-existent or broad, vague, and ever-shifting standards. Very true. Because, um, you know, as someone who's been banned off LinkedIn after 14 years uh, for just uh, for just basically calling them out for uh, putting out there a, a video on microaggressions. And I didn't even, I didn't make any, I didn't make any uh, uh, assertions that weren't, <laughs> weren't in the video themselves. And not only that, I, I called out who who they were referencing in the video in terms of who what psychologist was uh, involved in that. Uh, a guy who happens to be uh, a, a member of publicity, a guy whose family comes from China, who is a first generation immigrant who landed here back in 1970 or uh, before that, actually. And he started his uh, work in the 1970s and he's been pushing this particular narrative ever since then and he wrote several books on that uh, discussion and now LinkedIn is using them using them and he was using a African American or black woman uh, to push these ideas on LinkedIn in a course and since they're using that to use that using those ideas in a course about microaggressions which is based it's just spiteful it's just spiteful stuff like this that continues to it circulate. Do people have? Let's just say this: Do people have biases? Yes, we all know about biases. We've all had them in our life. Because you have biases doesn't make you an evil person. In fact, it makes you a normal person. The difference is is knowing whether you have them or not. Whether you know that you have them or not is not going to be particularly useful. It's when you constantly harp and pick and pick and pick on people that those biases are only going to get worse, not not, uh, uh, better. This is what they're doing, and they know that. The psychologists know that. They know if, if I keep on labeling you, labeling you, labeling, labeling you, it's labeling mechanism. It's very, very insidious how how manipulative these people have become and how evil they've become. Their entire profession. And you can see it in their political ideologies because there's been studies on their on their donation patterns. These people have donated further and further and further left. And they keep on feeding Marxists. They're feeding the problem that they say that they want to fight. They're feeding this and they're trying to create they say they're trying to create equity. No. They're trying to create uh, actual chaos in this country. And they're trying to do it throughout all mechanisms. These are my insights, by the way. But the fact that they're doing so is, is, you know, is beyond me why anyone has ever entertained hiring these people. These people should have never been given the opportunity to have any position of power or authority over anyone. And they certainly shouldn't have been allowed into the medical profession uh, after a certain amount of time. Because allowing them into the medical profession, they have subverted and hijacked everything. Whoever peer reviews their papers has done a grave disservice to this entire nation. We used to have a good educational system. They've destroyed that over the past 50 or 60 years. They put, very, they put second place losers in charge of teaching their kids. And when I say second place losers... These people harbor a vindictive behavior towards anybody who has ever achieved anything. They don't believe in merit. They think that anybody who wants to achieve something through their own motivations and good fortune and through their hard work are, are, are somehow suckers. 
they don't understand and the funny thing is is that these are the people that always they some of these people are so upper middle class they're very highly educated they've gone through all these degree programs and yet they have no concept of what it is to be an actual actual good person inside i, I think it's beyond their reach in fact i think it's incapable i think there's just an inca- incapability for them to actually grasp the concept of going out and, and getting their hands dirty and actually investing in something. And, and that's why many of them don't have kids. They don't want to have any kids with anybody uh, because they can't invest in anything. Uh, there was a story uh, today on a, well, it's on Twitter, but it, I think it was published by, I don't know if it was Reuters or the, the Journal or some other fairly large outlet. So people are turning back in their uh, pets. Um, the, they, uh, they, they took them in during the, uh, during the coronavirus. So they're, 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 uh, they, uh, they got them out of the shelters and now that they, that life's going back to normal, they're, uh, returning their, um, <laughs> the rescue animal back to the shelters. So they can't even take care of a pet. They don't even seem to grasp how to do that. And I can guarantee that most of them were liberals. Conservatives are, are, are don't just turn over their pets or whatever. It tells you the the you know. Here's the thing: don't take on a responsibility that you aren't willing to carry, see through the entire way. But that's never been the problem with liberals uh, or 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 this ideology that is now turned into uh, Marxism. It's shifted to so far that they they're no longer there's I don't know how many left. Uh, uh, left of just barely left to center people are left. Most of them have just gone off the rails. But uh, they 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 just they think they look at everything through a lens of oh it's just whatever I feel, and that's the biggest problem too. Is that it's all about feel. It has nothing to do with thinking, about critical thinking and logic. It has everything to do with their feelings in the moment. Oh, I feel like doing this, so therefore I'm going to do it that way. I get I got on another rant there. Sorry. Um, so I'm gonna read two more par- two or three more paragraphs of this, and then I'm gonna close out this episode. So paragraph ten, uh, using unconstitutional authority to delegate to to them by Congress, defendants have also mounted an aggressive campaign of censorship against a multitude of punitive class members through censorship, flagging, shadow banning, etc resulting from legislative coercion. Defendants to platform plaintiff at the behest of, with the cooperation from, and the approval of Democratic lawmakers. Akin to forcing a round peg in a square hole, Facebook declared that the specific post of the plaintiff had violated Facebook's self-imposed community community standards. Countless other Facebook users have not been as fortunate with Facebook taking detrimental action against their accounts with no explanation whatsoever. So that's the thing. They have people with the enormous amount of power in Facebook. We all know social media has this. In fact, uh, there's a... <laughs> so Biden so supposedly said something about they're going to do... Um, this is from the Wall Street Journal. I'll, I'll, I'll pivot real quick and then we'll close it out. Mr. Biden's move, months in the making, comes as Democrats have made competition policy and antitrust enforcement a key part of their agenda, arguing U.S. officials haven't done enough to preserve healthy, competitive markets. (laughs) It's a joke coming from the people that are are behind this because they don't care about uh, antitrust legislation and they won't they won't use it. Matter of fact, they they gave they had a shit fit when Trump uh, did the exact same thing about. Uh, I think it was the AT&T merger uh, standing in the way of that uh, or trying to as a Department of Justice. Uh, what little people in the Department of Justice would actually listen to whatever Trump had to say. And that's the biggest issue. That's another issue. Since all these agencies now think they can just go ahead and just not do, not listen to what the, the, the chief executive of their department says, uh, they're, they're not even operating under any leadership. They're operating under their own, own, uh, I guess you could say, gravity, their own uh, impetus, their own uh, pull. Anyway, we're going to end. We're going to end it there. Um, I've spoken for an hour, and we listened to uh, the voices that uh, needed to be listened to. I think. Um, 
it's difficult now because I try to stay positive with all this. It's great that we are suing and, and, and doing some uh, fight back. Uh, the elections still, the uh, 2020 elections, slowly things are trickling out about different states doing, taking action at the their level. What I don't hear or don't know for certain is if they're doing that slowly because, uh, doing it now because there there's a tolling mechanism that allows them to avoid any, if they do find any uncomfortable aspects, they don't have to address them directly because, um... Uh, the election, you know, obviously happened, but they don't have to address it from a cr- criminal standpoint. In other words, the results can come out after a tolling mechanism of some sort. One does not know that because every state's different. Um, I'm currently working on a project to, to uh, consolidate information on a, in a database um, for all the state senates and state uh, legislatures, the lieutenant governors, the attorney generals, the secretaries of state, and the, and the governorships. The idea is to start grabbing information about what their positions and stances are uh, to further uh, buttress people who actually support the U.S. Constitution and its rights and uh, abide by policies such as, you know, we want to have a, a good border security because every state's a border state uh, that we want uh, practices that bring back jobs to America um, companies that will locate here that start originate and should be financed that way and localism lots of localism so thank you very much for listening to this broadcast God bless America God save the world